Siempre Positivo. Those of you who are eagle-eared may be aware that it is Tuesday and not Monday. So apologies for the delay in releasing the podcast this week. Due to a few personal problems on Monday meant we couldn't all coincide to record, but we are recording now on Tuesday and Rick and Tony are both here with me, Sam, to talk about Barcelona's 4-0 win over Real Betis in part because that's what we do on the Monday podcast. But so many days have passed now that we'll also touch on a couple of other issues. And and I'm saying this without having let Rick or Tony know, but I'm thinking that we will also make Wednesday's episode on Patreon after Barcelona's game against Osasuna open to all as an apology for the delay in releasing this episode. Rick, are you going to be a good cop or a bad cop? Are you going to go along with that? Is that OK? I'll go along with it, yeah. How are you doing? I'll go along with it. I'm doing all right, yeah. been watching so much tennis at the moment. I'm now also working on the Madrid Open, so that's go- it's going in- going quite well. I'm quite I'm getting more and more into it. Like I've always kind of liked tennis, but now it's like it's starting to click properly, and I'm I'm enjoying it. Tony, qué tal? Good morning. Well, good. Uh, I don't know. It's morning already. Afternoon. I'm happy. Happy. Good mood. Summer mood coming. Uh, facing my my last days in relevo. Bit of trouble. In the last part of my stage in relevo, uh, that that's that is breaking news for the pod because you haven't said that on the pod before. I don't know if I said it, but well, it was obvious. I already took the decision some month ago. I wanted to wanted to end the season, but don't know if we'll be able to reach the the, the end of the season. But well, apart from this, happy having holiday next ten days. Probably we'll go to Menorca. A little island close to uh, Mallorca and Ibiza to have a rest, to think about my future, about my things. And apart from this, I went running this morning. After this, I will have lunch. Happy that uh, the game today is going to be at 7.30 Spanish time. So we'll be with Sun still in the stands. So romantic plan, probably my last game with Relevo. So... um, Yes, uh, motivated to see uh, to live a uh, top uh, spring day in Barcelona. This is my current mood. Javi won't be happy about the sun. He prefers the ten o'clock kickoffs when it's when it's later. Nah, um, but, but yeah, it's it's sun, but not hot. It's different. It's it's a non non hot sun. You know, it's 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 different when when the where is the sunset? Uh, it's very. Very beautiful landscape since the stands of the Camp Nou. I will try to make a picture. I will send it in Discord that this is the perfect timing to get good pictures in Camp Nou at 7.38 when the sun, for the, for the sunset. Yeah, sunset from Camp Nou. Also big news about Relevo. I don't know how interested listeners are in the journalist transfer market, but it seems to all be falling apart. Tony, first Albert Roger, the big. No, I, I, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think at all they are interested. I don't think that. Just my life. Want to wanted to talk a bit about my life. Well, no, 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 not just you. Because also on on Monday this week, the big announcement that Albert Roger has also left, having left Sport like you to move to Relevo, has left Relevo to sign for Gigantes, the the Gerard Romero dream team growing. Yes. Uh, well, as I as I tell you, um, uh, I decided to to make a decision uh, at the end of the season. So Albert Roger was working with me. I told him this that uh, I was going to do this at the end of the season. So he started working on what to do with uh, his future. And at the end, he ended up leaving <laughs> earlier than me. 
So, uh, yes, well, uh, I think that uh, it, it shows us how things are changing. The fact that Gigantes has been able to shine a, a traditional journalist. But yes, it's obvious that it's growing up, this, this, uh, this new uh, media of uh, Gigantes, this new style of live, uh, live storytelling. And uh, yes, happy for Roger, happy for uh, Gigantes. And uh, that's what it is. Relevo needs a relevo. Relevo needs a relevo, yes, a couple of. And, and <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because some of my, I, I, I don't know if saying friends or not, but some of my colleagues for other media told me, hey, Relevo called me to be your replacement, <laughs> so it's it's quite funny. Yes, let's rewind to Saturday because after a few disapp- well, the, the the Atletico game had some good good moments, but after the the back to back goalless draws against Girona, Hatafe, the defeat to Rayo Vallecano, there was a real sensation of the season sort of petering out without anything exciting happening. And even though there were sort of elements to Barca beating Betis four 0 which were sort of end of season e and you know a red card early on for Betis. Distorting the, the game and the scoreline perhaps slightly. There were some really fun moments, notably off the bench. Um, the introduction of Lamine Yamal as Barca's youngest ever debutant in La Liga. Maybe I'll leave it to Rick to explain if he's their youngest ever player, because once you start delving into those things, people start going back to 1912 and all different things. But it is a fact that he's their youngest ever player in La Liga, the fifth youngest ever player in La Liga um, for any club and just the fifth to make his debut before 16. He came on for the final 10 minutes on, on Saturday night to a really good reception from, from the home crowd. And he did quite well. Javi bigged him up afterwards, said about, you know, what a special talent he is. And innate talent has sort of that, that sort of spark in the final third that, that very few have. And the famous Spanish saying that he can, he can mark an era at this club. And he almost scored, but he was denied by, by Rui Silva. Um, before Lamine Yamal came on, Barca were already led. Through Andreas Christensen in the thir- I think it was the thirteenth or fourteenth minute when it was still eleven v eleven. Christensen, of course, making his return from injury, and then Betis were reduced to ten men. Edgar Gonzalez sent off for two bookable offences, which were disputed by Manuel Pellegrini. Javi said they were both yellows. I mean, I I wouldn't massively argue them. I didn't feel like it was an absurd decision. I can have sympathy for for a coach when you get two yellows so quickly in the first half. There's usually some sort of leeway when when they happen quite early. But I mean, no massive, massive complaints from, from me. Once it went down, once Betis went down to 10 men, Barca ran away. They scored two quick goals at the end of the first half. Lewandowski, a good finish and a needed finish because Benzema is closing in on him in the Pichichi. Benzema scored a hat-trick at the weekend to move to 17 La Liga goals. Lewandowski's goal took him to 19. So I think that's going to be a bit of a narrative in the final weeks of the of the season. Benzema v Lewandowski, who can win the... The Pachichi. Rafinha got the third via a really nice ball from Busquets, who played lots of really nice balls. Um, obviously, playing against 10 in a game that Barca had control suited him, and he looked quite good. And the fourth goal eventually arrived. I mean, the second half was a procession, really. Um, arrived through, I think it was an own goal in the end for Guido Rodriguez from a sort of cross shot from Ansu Fati, which then set the moment up for... For Lamine Yamal to come on and to make history for Barca earlier in the second half, there was a nice moment also as Joaquin came on. And that also nicely sort of demonstrated the, the age or, or, or brought home the age of Lamine Yamal because Joaquin came on at 41 for his last ever appearance at Camp Nou because he will be retiring at the end of the season. Uh, he would have been just about to turn 26 when Lamine Yamal was born in 2007, making us all feel old, but especially Joaquin feel old. Unfortunately, Joaquin couldn't finish the game. Lamine Yamal did, but... Rick, too much to say about the the Barca Betis game, given it's now now Tuesday. 
there's two ways of looking at it. One way is you could just look at it the way that I'm sure a lot of Bus fans will want to look at it and just say, oh, yeah, this was a great performance. There were great goals, great moments, like you point out with Laminia Mao. But the, the other way is is with the red card, It doesn't. we didn't really get to see what that game was going to be like, that red card after 33 minutes. And I, ha- I have to, I mean, I agree with Javi that Barca did start well. They scored, Christensen scored after about 15 minutes, just 14 minutes, I think. And they were doing well, but Betis had come into the game before Ego Gonzalez's red card. And for me, I don't, I don't agree. I didn't agree with you when we talked about it. I, I think it isn't a red card. I think it shouldn't have been a second yellow. It should have been one of those ones where you, the referee is just like, next, you know, next time you mess up, you, you're going to get that second yellow. It looks the actual foul looks worse than it is because Pedri's shin pad flies out of his sock, and the reason that happens is not because Ego Gonzalez smashes it. Is because he gets the sock. It gets caught in the tackle, and the sock gets pulled down. And the shin pad pops up and flies out. So I think I think it looks a little bit worse than it is. And, and Betis were a bit unlucky with the red, and that kind of conditions the whole of the rest of the game. But the, I mean, we can't talk about a game that didn't happen. We have to talk about the game that did happen. So things I liked from it were Lewandowski looks back. He looks sharper. He looks yeah. I mean, not just because he scored, because he has been scoring a couple of goals here and there. But yeah, he looked he looked decent. I liked Rafinha was intense for the whole game, uh, added to his goals and assists tally, but was yeah really really good, really good pressing from Rafinha, and beyond Lamine Yamal, who we'll talk about I guess, Ansu Fati coming on for his brightest performance in months. So yeah, maybe it helps that Betis have ten men at this point, but but Ansu Fati was was better than he has been in in the last few months when he came on. Ansu Fati's Barca career can be marked by Betis games. I said to this to you during the game, he obviously made his debut against Betis uh, 2020 as a 16-year-old, just before he turned 17. So a veteran by Laminia Mal's standards. And then a year later, in his second appearance against Betis, he picked up that injury, um, which obviously, even though there were other injuries afterwards, that was the main one, the main knee injury, which ruled him out for a long time. And then everything else is kind of a consequence of that afterwards. Um, then when he came back the second time, so obviously he came back from that injury and scored against Levante. Then he got injured again against Celta Vigo and he came back at the end of that season. And in his second game back off the bench, he scored against Betis when Barca won 2-1, I think it was, Alba and, and Ansu scoring to help sort of seal. I think that might have been the game that sealed Champions League qualification. And he also scored against Betis in the Super Cup this year in the semi-final, which Barca won on penalties. Um, and then there was one game, the game at the Via Marina earlier this season was the, perhaps the one non-notable game. And then, like you say, he came on and did okay. So it's kind of like a career marked by Betis games or at least flagged by Betis games. Although I kind of raised it to you because as Laminia Mal was, was warming up, it kind of felt like it would then be perhaps the definitive sort of end of, not end of Ansu's Barca career, but if he was to leave this summer, you could kind of be like, and then the final Betis game when, you know, a 15-year-old was bought on ahead of him and at 20 he was cast aside. But it didn't happen. He came on before. Ferran Torres was cast aside. Do you know why Ansu does well against Betis? Because he is Sevilla. Yeah. Played for Sevilla, didn't he? At youth level. Yeah. Tony, what did you make of the, the Betis game? Did you enjoy it? Mm, yes. Well, starting for the end, I don't think Ansu did well against Betis. Uh, this is like uh, if you cook a salad. is the minimum, no? It's just... He, don't don't forget that he was given the number ten. What what do you mean that he did well? He did a a good action and a good cross, and then it was a own goal. This is what we expect. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I even didn't see him very motivated after this action. Uh, no, for me, no no conclusions at all. And to 
two things that for me are key to understand uh, the game. Of course, the red card, but also that Barcelona has always been uh, happier to play against these teams that are not uh, willing to defend, that they play they play open, they want to take the ball. This kind of Betis, Real Sociedad, Villarreal, also Rayo, even if you had a defeat. These these games are more... Uh, Different Rayo, though, to the current Rayo. Are 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 different to play easier to play in terms of there are more spaces. Yes, they are also more dangerous uh, when it comes to attacking actions. But you are having more pl- more problems when you have to face uh, well structured defense. So um, really easy. So uh, no, no, I wouldn't take any conclusion. And people saying, "Wow, what we improved now? Improved nothing. Uh, just uh, you played against ten player, and then it was all done." And 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 I'm sure that we are going to see today another uh, victory. Uh, we are going to see uh, another triumph of Barcelona against Osasuna. But uh, even if Xavi is denying this, I think that yes, this season is getting a bit long for for all the squad. So uh, for the game against Betis, yes, only would like to mention the historical debut of uh, Lamin Yamal. And uh, don't forget that uh, also Boyan Kerkic and other players were supposed to be the new legends, and then they weren't. So I would like to to keep calm, not in terms of uh, putting him on the pitch uh, slow by slow. No, in terms of the comments on praising him, but in terms of the pitch, it's there are no rules. There is no DNA ID to 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 check when you are you perform well. You have to play. So uh, this is no bounces on the side of the yeah. pitch. Is he going to sign a new contract, Tony? I mean, Yamal, well, a contract, because he's not got a professional contract yet. He can't sign one until he's 16 in July. Yes, uh, when, he ter- when he turns 16 in July, he will sign a three-year deal. It's already, uh, I would say, 95% agreed. And yes, he will stay here three more years, uh, at least. Yes, uh, it's, it's all, it was clear. There were some mates reporting this uh, as an exclusive <laughs> yesterday, but it was all said before that it was almost already and the guy is going to stay. And Rick, what's the best plan when he signs this deal next season? To play for Barca Athletic or to be in and around the first team? I mean, you don't want a... It's a difficult situation. It almost becomes not a difficult situation to manage, but a hard one to gauge now that he's sort of made his first team debut. Um, obviously, Ansu skipped the B team and went straight to the first team. Um, that was kind of boosted by slightly sort of injuries at the time and stuff and then COVID. Um but it would make sense, surely, for Lamine to play at least a season with the, the reserve team, wouldn't you think? Yeah, it makes sense. I, I wonder if it, if it depends on what happens in the transfer window, whether Barca can bring in a left winger or not. It's, it's squad The squad composition maybe will have an impact on it. But f- at least on paper, it makes sense for him to join Barca Athletic. Yeah, and then Javi to use him as and when is necessary. To, to help bolster the first team squad. Tony, we're talking about Barca Athletic. Can we say that, obviously, this season he's been with the 19s, with Juvenal Can we say that he won't play for them next season? I mean, he'll still only be 16 next season and will probably still be the youngest player in that team. Uh, good question. I, I think that the, he will be training with the first squad and probably he will be combining... First squad with the second squad, yes. Uh, but uh, knowing that Xavi is not afraid of bringing young players, I still think that uh, he could play some games with the first squad next next year. Uh, so, yes, I, I think, no, no, for sure he will be training with the first squad. When he has no chances to play, he will go with the second squad. But 
If you ask me now on May uh, 2nd, I would tell you that the next year we would we will see Lamine Yamal with the first squad more than reaching uh, the reaching 10 games with the first squad next season. This is my my pick. What do you two think about that situation? Because not Lamine in himself, but this idea of you know training with the first team and playing for or having the chances to play for the second team. I'm not seeing it work out very well. It's obviously been a disaster with Pablo Todi. And the problem you have is even though you're training with the first team, which is good, you're out of the dynamic of the second team. So then when you perhaps go down, it's like you're kind of like not an intruder, but it's not your team. Um, you don't have, you know, you've not been working with the team all week on sort of tactical things or or whatnot. It's difficult to manage. And what you want to avoid, I think, is, you know, situations like we've seen this season with, with Pablo Torre. Yeah, I think that's absolutely something that the Barca should look to avoid. I, I also wonder if if it makes sense, like, being 15 years old and playing for a club. I know, like, Tinnitus, there's no, no rules, no, no IDing or anything like that. But in terms of what impact does it have on him? Javi says he's quite grounded. He's got, you know, he's, he thinks clearly and... And it won't be an issue. But I wonder if you're 15 years old, how massive that is to play for Barca. And then to, and then let's say you go and end up playing loads of games to the reserves. Are oh, your teammates going to think, oh, this 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 guy, Billy Big Bollocks, is, thinks he should be with the first team. He's not focused properly on helping the reserve team. It's, I, I don't know, it's not a comfortable situation for anyone, I don't think. Like we saw it with Martin Odegaard at Real Madrid. I mean, it's worked out okay for Odegaard in the end. But yeah, that was a difficult situation for for Madrid to, to handle at times. I don't think the players would think that because obviously a lot of players in Barca Athletic will be guys like, you know, Alex Garrido will be playing regularly for the B team next season who's, you know, also debuted for the first team and will also be in and around perhaps training for the first team. So there are lots of players in in similar situations and they're all fighting for the same thing. You know, you've got to remember that all the youngsters in Barca's B team, or the majority of them are sort of, you know, players that for their youth careers have been heralded as these talented, you know, next Iniesta, next Puyol, next Javi, next whatever. So I think I think within that dynamic, it's OK. It's more just the dynamic of not being in the dynamic, if that makes sense, if he's not training with them, not playing with them. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, like like Tony says, on one hand, you don't want to look at the age, but on the other hand, you think if he's playing with the first team 15, 16 regularly, you know, it's hard to maintain that for, I mean, Messi has been sort of a freak in terms of how he's done it from 17, 18 until now. Um, but yeah, it's difficult. Like Tony mentioned, Bojan, Ansu Fati, there are lots of paths to go down. This is, it's absolutely, especially when you consider how much football that gets played at the moment. That He's going to be burned out probably by the time he's like 25. If he ends up playing like a decade of football, he comes into the team more, does well, and starts getting picked more. And then, you know, within five years, he could have five years playing for Barca's first team. And then people decide, oh, no, yeah, he's not good enough. He's got to go. And he'll only be 20 years old. Yeah. I think, like <laughs> Tony says, you just have to manage it based on if he is good enough playing, forget about the age, and then you deal with everything year on year if he gets burned out. If he doesn't, obviously, you don't want to. You want to avoid that situation, but you can't predict or, or, or plan for these things. And if he's good enough, he's good enough. And to what you were saying earlier about whether he's Barca's youngest player or not, the club have said their actual youngest player of all time is a guy called Albert Almasque in 1902, who played in something called the Makaya Cup when he was 13 years old, 11 months and six days. For me, it will always be Lamine Yamal. I'm not having anything that's not the Cop- I'm not having anything that's not the Copa del Rey, Champions League, or or La Liga. I know there are some other cups since then. They had another cup, didn't they? But or Super Cup, I guess. Or but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Lamine Yamal. I'm not. I'm ignoring the Makaya. I've got no respect for the. What did you call it? Makaya Cup. <laughs> no respect for the Makaya Cup. Um, let's hear the player ratings from the the Real Betis um, game win four 0 Ter Stegen six. 
duels Kunde better performance than recent ones, but again, obviously conditioned by the by the fact that Betis had ten men. Seven for Kunde, six at Alho, seven for Christensen, nice goal. Uh, at Balde, seven as well. Seven? Seven? Seven. So you you are you are defender. You score a goal and seven, and you don't make mistakes, and you get a seven. So to get a ten or nine, what do you get to? You you need to score seven goals. No, you need to play in a different game than than Barca four Real Betis nil, where Betis have ten men for over an hour. Yeah, but 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 but, but he didn't do any mistake. So you you are cutting him the option of uh, getting uh, higher higher points. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I think it's it's quite hard for a player to get to get a ten in in this sort of game. Ah, so so he, his exam was out seven. Okay, so he got seven out seven. Okay, hundred <laughs> percent. We can say then he got. Okay, perfect. Busquets seven. I think this this sort of game really suits Busquets when when teams don't bother to to sort of press him or make him put him under any pressure. Frankie de Jong, six. Pedri, seven. Gavi, six. Lewandowski, seven. Rafinha, seven. Mm, yeah, yeah, more or less, yes. Yeah, quite, quite agree, except, except for Christensen. <laughs> uh, you score a goal, you don't make mistakes. I know that there is a red card, but yourself, you did more than a seven, no? Today, Tuesday the 2nd of May, Barca play Osasuna, as we touched on earlier in the, in the podcast. So we're, we're, we're reflecting that on Wednesday on Patreon and we're, we're, we'll open that up on Patreon. So you won't be able to hear it in the usual channels, but you'll be able to go across to, to the Patreon, which is linked in our social, social media pages and listen to tomorrow's podcast for free. And the day of the game marks two years since Barca last scored a free kick. Lionel Messi scoring against Valencia. I mean, this has been a thing like, I'm sure we celebrate this, not celebrate, but this comes up every every year now. It's definitely a big thing last year. I can't believe it's been two years since Messi left and Barca have not scored a single free kick in those in those two years. His last free kick goal for Barca against Valencia at Mestalla in a 3-2 win. Tony, is it going to end soon? Is it going to end on Tuesday? Is it going to end on the two-year anniversary? Who's going to be the person to end it? Who's going to save the world? tonight who's gonna score a free kick uh, i'm not sure um uh, the the last free kick i saw it was against uh, betis it was uh, it was so funny eh? this, this chapter because if you watch again the the the, the, the scenes that scene there was a little conversation a small uh, a short conversation between Lewandowski and Ansu. Uh, how do you say tapándose la boca? Um, covering the mouth. Covering, sorry. Covering, yeah, covering the mouth. Yeah, covering, covering the mouth. It was like I uh, want to shot to 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 shot it, but I wanted to. So finally, it was Lewandowski. It was not at all a good shot. Um, what I've been told is that there are two players who are smashing it uh, when it comes to score free kicks in training sessions. If you Say both names on the first chance. I invite you to la- to have lunch. Marcos Alonso, Raf- Rafinha, Marcos Alonso. Okay, Rick is out. Mar- uh, Sam Mar- still. Marcos Alonso. <laughs> Sam Marcos- is still Mar- alive. Marcos Alonso and Ansu Fati. No, Marcos Alonso. Lewandowski, Lewandowski. and Pablo Torre. Uh-huh. I've been told that no, they have all been brilliant when it comes to. Uh, score free kicks in the training sessions. That's why when when Pablo Torre plays, he kicks uh, some uh, some some free kicks and also some corner kicks. 
Yes, well, I I asked to this uh, I asked this to Xavi one month ago. Like, hey, you have not been scoring uh, free kicks since in the last almost two years. What's going on? He said, no, but we are scoring lots of goals in training sessions. But uh, it depends on being clinical during the game, not during training sessions. For me, uh, yes, there is a bit uh, a bit lack of quality in the average, of course. So when you compare it with Lionel Messi, you're all, always going to drop, but. It's true that there is no a concrete player who he, who has great skills on this. For me, yes, Marcos Alonso, but he hasn't played a lot. And the same for for uh, for Pablo Torre. But um, for what I have seen and what I've been told uh, of the of the 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 the, the best lineup, like uh, if you consider Rafinha as a starter now that Dembele has been injured. I would say that uh, Rafinha is the best one to to kick uh, free kicks for me. But if you count that on the the best lineup is included with four midfielders, Lewandowski and Dembele on the right, then it's difficult to pick a to pick a a, a number one eh? because Pedri is not specialist, neither Frankie, neither Gabi. So it's it's funny because you don't have uh, any specialist in 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 your best uh, lineup, yes. Yeah, well, Barca will need like an NFL L style team where when they get free kicks, they can bring on like a kicking team and like <laughs> Alonso and Pablo Torre come on and you've got one left footer and one right footer stood over it and then they run off after the free kick. Rick, who's going to score Barca's next free kick? It's going to be Messi, isn't it? That is very possible, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I feel. I. I wonder if Rafinha on the pitch when Lewandowski took that free kick. Or had he gone off at that point against Betis? Uh, he was already off. I think. Uh, yeah, because I because Lewandowski took it, and I was like, "Why are you taking this? What are you doing?" What like? But then I was like, "Well, yeah, maybe there isn't a, a better taker." And then I got distracted by something else, and, and I couldn't by looking up Laminia Mouse stats. Probably actually at that point of the game. Because uh, obviously he was just about to come on. But it 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 would be so it would be so uh, how do you say humiliante humiliating? No, how can I, how is yeah, the adjective? humiliating? It would be so humiliating what you're commenting now eh, that two years later the one to score again a free kick in case if it's Messi it's incredibly <laughs> humiliating for the other players. Eh? Yeah. Well, I mean it's been two years and they've not scored without him. So what's to say they're going to score in the next five games? But one of the issues is. Like Tony points out, a lot of the better free kick takers aren't regular starters, and so actually, I think maybe maybe what uh, maybe someone who's guilty here is someone, for example, like Pedri, who actually should see that he's a he's a starter for Barca and he's going to play sixty games a season, be on the pitch for every minute of those games, mostly until you know, apart from recently when he's come off early when he's injured, and he's someone who could maybe work on free kicks and know that he's going to be in the team and, and work on getting really good at free kicks. He's got you know great precision in the past. There's no reason why he shouldn't be able to train at free kicks and improve and be a, a weapon from them. Yeah, I was going to say that's slightly unfair because not many people sort of emerge as... Well, maybe it is also slightly unfair to compare or to, to say he should be doing what Messi did, but not many people sort of emerge as free kick takers. You know, you're sort of either a free kick taker or you're not, aren't you? And you sort of, most clubs have one. Um, but Messi did really, didn't he? It wasn't like Messi banged in. I mean, Tony might remember the early years of Messi much more clearer than me, but it feels like Messi sort of later in his Barcelona career, I would say in the last sort of five or six years, was much better or was allowed to, maybe it was just the fact that he was allowed to take them. Obviously at first it was Ronaldinho and other people sharing around duties, but Messi's free kick taking improved significantly in my opinion at Barcelona. No, I'll tell you why. What what can you train without running? Why are you saying this? Uh, always complaining about Messi and, and, and others. <laughs> Stay focused in your fucking Chelsea who is going to be to relegate. Messi, he didn't <laughs> need... <laughs> 
Look, he didn't need to run. In football, it's not only about running. You need people to run, but you need others to think and to have quality. Look, Busquets, he's not running at all. Xavi was not also running when he was a player. So... uh, No, no, but don't don't you think in Messi's later years, when he became very good at free kicks, one of the reasons probably is that he could could stand there and train without using energy by, by taking free kicks. Well, then... I think it was just there was an area of his game that he could improve that he wanted to improve. Yes, exactly, exactly. I think, um, and, and and don't forget, eh, don't underrate uh, free kicks because corner kicks, free kicks, and penalties is can be thirty percent of the game. Eh? Uh, you, you have to score the penalties. You have to score the free kick. You have to give assists. So, wish Barcelona had this quality. In fact, Xavi imagines himself. Sorry, Xavi imagines Messi. As a part of this, uh, how do you say cuadrado? The midfield four, yeah, square. The, no, 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 but cuadrado, square. Square because is cuadrado, at the end, yeah. the, the, the fake winger who is Gavi is going inside and then creating like a square and then leaving all the side for Balde in the left uh, in the left uh, side. So Xavi imagines Messi on this square as a fourth midfielder, and this is to to give assists to 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 use his left foot not to score. But yes, to, to, to his, his uh, precision, how do you say? Same, yeah, precision. His precision to, to deliver assists to, to the strikers. So um, there is a lack of this uh, quality, not only in terms of scoring goals, but to score goals, you have to receive goals, uh, balls in good position. That's why Mbappé and others are scoring in, in Paris. So Messi would be another midfielder in, in Barcelona. Okay, we will wrap it up there so that we can get this podcast out before the Osasuna game kicks off. Apologies to anyone living in different time zones where the timing is not ideal before that game. And like we say, tomorrow's podcast on Patreon after the Osasuna game will be made free. And you can also sign up there for future episodes coming up this week or Q&As in the past. Lots of content on there. Uh, in the meantime, Tony, Rick, stay positive. It's too late to apologize. Too late.